Welcome, listeners, to Full-Time Photographer. If this is your first time here, this is the podcast that takes you behind the lens into the world of successful photography businesses. I'm your host, John Stell, and I've spent years honing the craft and the art of marketing as a full-time photographer. In this show, we'll dive deep into the strategies that propel photographers from passion to profession, from branding that leaves a lasting impression to digital marketing techniques that elevate your visibility. Join me as we unravel the mysteries of search engine optimization, demystify the powers of social media, explore the nuances of client relationships through our candid conversations. You'll hear expert interviews, practical tips, and whether you're an established pro looking for fresh insights or just starting out on this exciting journey, this podcast is crafted with you in mind. Together, we'll navigate the marketing maze one click at a time. Welcome again. So Ian Curcio is a photographer based in Greenville, South Carolina. He's known for his subtle yet straightforward portraits and his candid approach. Ian lived a nomadic childhood, attending grade school across the United States, Central Europe, and Southeast Asia. His early exposure to diverse cultures and values fueled his curiosity and continues influencing the work he creates today. He brings the same adaptable and relaxed attitude to his commercial work that he does his personal work. He's published two books with Hub City Press. His recent clients include American Red Cross, Bank of America, Cargo, Discovery, Jaguar, Land Rover, Marriott, Michelin, Riggs, The Rotarian, UPS, and Yamaha. Ian is represented by Frank Parvis. Thank you, Ian. It's a hell of a list of clients, too. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> no problem. Why don't we get started by you telling me where you're from, how you got started, and what the market is like there? Well, I'm from upstate uh, South Carolina. I'm in, I'm in Greenville now. How I got started, um, I kind of fell in love with the darkroom before I fell in love with making imagery. So... Uh, yeah, taking pictures was, um, I needed content to print in the darkroom. So I took more, I took more pictures. Um, my work in photography started in newspapers, kind of, it was stringing to begin with, with a local newspaper. It's like high school football. <laughs> it was, um, uh, listen, uh, to be honest, it was like some of the most exciting work I did. I loved seeing my name in the paper. I loved being in the energy of the sidelines. I'm not a sports fan at all in any shape or form. I don't watch basketball. I don't watch football, but that energy was just kind of, was kind of amazing. And um, there's been other shoots like that in my career where I'm not into something, but the, but the energy is great. Like um, NASCAR, for example, Uh, I'm not a NASCAR fan either, but if you've ever shot in a hot pit of uh, in and around NASCAR, the energy is kind of amazing from there i did this sort of like uh i worked for this publishing company that did these relocation magazines so i'd kind of travel the country and shoot a magazine's worth of content um in a week those were fun and then freelance from there that's been about 14 years from now i guess 14 years now that i've been doing that the market in the upstate, I would imagine, is like much of small town USA, kind of. To give it some sort of re- retrospect, I, I guess like New York City might have 8 million people and maybe a, a city like Atlanta might have 500,000 people or something like that. And where I'm at in Greenville has probably like 60,000 people. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's a small market, um, but there's plenty of work to be had if you can 
I mean, I, I say that also coming off like one of the most terrible years ever. I mean, 2023 was just a, a bust. I'm excited to hear about that. I know that that's not like, I think the ebb and flow of, of photography is something that, that really excites me. So hearing about not stoked you had a crappy year, but I do want to hear about what you did that made it crappy or what, what happened, I guess, would that be better? Like what happened that, that made it not a, not a great year or how your marketing strategies are going to have to change or they did change. Yeah. Listen, I mean, we shouldn't feel good when we hear like other photographers had a shitty year or also had a shitty year, but in some ways it kind of validates our own feelings to hear that. Right. So when I talk to, um, my friends in this industry around the country and they've also had a bad year i'm not happy to hear that information but at least i don't feel alone or like i you know like i've done something wrong or you you know take it personally that i'm having uh such a crappy year for the most part you know during a given year like traditionally you have ups and downs um and if you can manage those ups and downs, then, you know, you're okay in in this type of business. If you cannot manage those ups and downs, it can be a, a real painful place to, to be. Uh, it can be a, a hard career to sort of hold on to and under and understand. So what, what is it that you primarily shoot? I shoot portrait and lifestyle work for advertising and corporate and editorial clients. And so normally, like, what would you say you, you like, you have more work or you just have better work than you've had in, in 2023 or a little bit of both? Well, I mean, I think as the years have gone by over 14 years in the freelance business, I've had more work and better work. Um, it, you know, it's kind of gone exponential until around 2020. Obviously, that was a crummy year for a lot of people although it was better than 2023 has been. And then, you know, 21 and 22 were also pretty good years. And that work was, the, the you know, sort of the same. It was g getting better. And I guess overall, yes, exponentially, the work has gotten better, more enjoyable. Uh, my, you know, the fees have gotten better. Tw 2023, I think there was just less phone calls coming in, you know, less emails coming. Um, you know, that can be a downward spiral. I think for me, like I kind of went into a dark place in 20, in the summer of 2023, especially. And, you know, there's not a lot of work coming in, even though you hear that, uh, you know, your friends and other photographers in the industry are experiencing the same thing. I still kind of take it personal, you know, and because of that, I think uh, my marketing, hold on, I'm going to move this dog. <laughs> oh, dude, you're fine. Yeah. She just woke up and wanted and decided she wanted to play. Um, oh, um, she's a cutie. So anyway, in that dark period, I didn't do a, a lot of marketing. I, I didn't do a lot of things. I, I joked with some friends of mine that as slow as I was in the summer of 2023, that, um, you know, my yard should have looked good. My house should have looked great. My car should have been detailed. Like I just had so much time to do so much, uh, and didn't, and didn't do any of that. You know, I think I just, I lacked a real I don't want to say I was depressed because, you know, depression is a serious thing for a lot of people. And um, I'm not, uh, I don't suffer um, from depression, but I was in a dark place. And, and, and because of that dark place, I think, you know, like 
my initiator was kind of broken. Could, couldn't just couldn't get my get up and go to get up and go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I hope you don't feel like you're just just bitching for the sake of bitching because the discussions that I've had with a lot of people, and I, when I say a lot, I mean probably twelve people. I know where I'm at realistically with photography and like in the commercial world, and I know where the other people are realistically, like as far as client list and capabilities. And dude, your story is a lot like other people's. And I feel like you're at a, a higher level than I am. So I, when I'm watching these higher level people go like, we're scrambling up here. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of movement. It's not that there's not work. Maybe nobody's doing work right now. Maybe. Uh, so when I hear that, I'm like, I don't think that it's just people complaining. I think it's a realistic issue that's going on and that companies are just taking a step back in their marketing to see what's going on or if they're what, what they're doing, you know, if they're dumping more money into social media or TikTok short clips or so. I, I really don't know like what's going on, but your story is a lot like other people's story. And so I appreciate you just being open and honest about it. Cause I, I feel you, man. It was, you know, it's like you sit around a lot of time and you're like, should I, should I re-reach out to this person again after I've already emailed them twice? I mean, or they're like, Hey man, we're just waiting to get, you know, yada, yada from a client. Well, you know, I know you're in Greenville, so let's just say Atlanta, the clients in Atlanta, they say, man, we're, we're trying to cut some costs and just using this guy in Atlanta that we know. It's like, damn it. All right. Yeah. Don't, I mean, if it comes across as complaining, I certainly don't mean for it to, this is not like a bitch session on my part. It's more of a, an understanding and a sort of processing, like what is happening and what's changing. I, I think in real time, it it's kind of, at least for me, uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to understand it. Um, so when no work is coming in, uh, it's not that I'm like, pissed off at clients because they're not calling me and you know thinking that maybe they're calling other people although that happens um it's more of just like trying to figure out what you know how i evolve with these changing times you know and hopefully 2024 people are ready to spend money again and ready to make new work and 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 we can just put 2023 behind us but yeah i think for me it's more of like i'm looking towards the future and I'm evaluating what I just sort of went through to try to make the necessary changes moving forward. And that, you know, that's mostly with just staying relevant and being seen. Not, I, I'm not referring to the type of work that I make or the type of pictures that I create. I'm talking more about like just how to be relevant in in this industry how to be seen how to be thought about those types of things moving forward um what i was saying earlier you know i should have had a lot of you would have thought that i would have gotten a lot more done with so much free time on my hands it was almost kind of like a deer in the headlights i, I just couldn't seem to move it's not yeah. It's like panic free time almost. It's like, uh, I know I should go to work. I'm going to go sit behind the computer. What am I going to do at the computer? You know, it's like, I guess I can, I'll look at this. I'll read this. I'll watch that. I'll work on this. I'll, eh, whatever. You know, and you're just like, well, it's been four hours. I guess I could go outside and go for a walk or walk your dog. Or uh, I ended up doing laundry and like cleaning the kitchen and stuff. So I don't know what you end up. I hate the feeling of like just burning time. You know what I mean? But that's kind of what it felt like. And that's how it feels sometimes when I'm not working or there's nothing on the horizon. I'm like, well, hence why I started this, you know, like standing around. I'm like, dude, I need some inspiration. 
I'm going to re-listen to this podcast that I used to listen to, and now it's gone. The, um, the originator of this podcast, uh, Josh Rossi, like deleted, or I say deleted. I think he quit paying for the hosting of the podcast, and so they deleted the episodes off a server. And if you don't have them recorded and saved somewhere, you can't re-upload them, and it, they're just gone. And I'm like, so much valuable information is gone. We got to rebuild the library. You know, we'll start from ground one, and it's cool to hear. Because it's a weird place to start from, right? Because we're coming out of COVID and everything that worked in COVID, you know, pre-COVID, before when everybody was would, was working a nine to five, they were in the office, like they had relationships in the office. You knew who you could talk to, you could email, you could go by the office, drop off a bottle of wine to the girls at the front, shoot the shit a little bit, go on your way, you know, do the next thing. All of those things have changed. And now it's like, you can't go by the office because there's no one there or they're doing half days and your contact isn't there because they've switched jobs or they've moved or they you know it's like the whole landscape is kind of different and trying to navigate it is it's challenging yeah well to touch on i'm grateful that you're doing these podcasts um i always learn you know something when i listen to these there's always some little golden nugget in there somewhere, even if it's a, a quick sound bite. Um, that you know, I, it's kind of funny. When I was younger, I remember someone told me they were like, "You, you know, you should listen to everyone's advice. You know, you don't have to take everyone's advice, but you should listen to it and see what they have to offer, and then you can pick and choose like what what you take." I feel like when I listen to photography podcast in general, um, and specifically. It's kind of that same uh, sort of idea. It's like you kind of listen to all of it, and there's like a little nugget of information in the, in each one. I find little something. Uh, so uh, yeah, thanks for putting these together, and um, I wish you tons of success. I hope there's hundreds of these coming coming down the pipeline. I, th- I think w- the marketing wise for me, uh, what what changed since the pandemic mostly. Um, was printed promos. Like I, I really liked to make these little photo zines um, and mail them out to uh, uh, to clients that I have and the clients that I want, and and leave them behind when I was on shoots with clients that I was working with. Uh, that you can still do, but you you know it's not. It doesn't make sense to print five hundred of those if you're shooting, you know, thirty or fifty or sixty times a year, uh, and you can't mail them out because I don't know where uh people are sitting anymore everyone was working in their office you know you could usually get their address you could mail them something and be pretty confident that it was going to land in in, on their desk you know or in their hands or whatever not so much anymore uh and i i do sort of miss that i tore so i haven't done a printed promo since 2019 uh i have printed and sent some stuff out since 2019 but they're mostly the clients that i already have and i know like how to get in how to get them in their hands but the rest of the marketing i feel like has kind of stayed the same right i mean email is free newsletter kind of emailing is free well when you say you're represented by frank parvis is that an agency or is that your agent? Frank is part of I2I. I2I is a rep. They have a roster of photographers that they uh, represent. And so, yeah, I mean, it just works like any, you know, traditional or agency. Kind of directory, right? Like, like a it, workbook or? Well, no, comp- it's not. It's not the same in that sense as in like workbook or found artist um, 
our wonderful machine. Those are directories that you would pay for. Uh, I'm so sorry. I like the dog barking, so don't don't worry about it. Dude, I (laughs) like it. I'm going to put her... I'm going to put her outside. She's uh she's still a puppy and she's just got like a lot of energy and a lot of play in it. her. She's a she's a good girl, but she can be a little noisy sometimes. All good dogs are. Yeah, she's a great. A dog. little noisy. <laughs> she's a great. She's a little mutt. She's a humane society mutt. We love her. Um but anyway, so those directories are pay are paid directories, you know, like I pay to be on workbook. I pay to be on found artist um and i to i is more like a photo rep so he would he would take a percentage of my fee when i when i get a job through him so uh i don't pay out of pocket really to be listed on his roster he brings work to the table and and if that work uh gets green lighted then he you know gets a percentage of of the fee so it's more of a rep than it is like a directory. Correct. Very cool, man. Very cool. And in the past, I'm imagining that brought a lot of work and a lot of great clients. I mean, everything is kind of, I feel like in slow motion from what it was. So I don't want to, I don't want you to feel like you're bad mouthing your rep. Obviously he's done something for you in the past for sure. Uh, I'm sure it's a, everything is kind of like backed up, right? It's like, his his client list isn't as big, or he has less people that he's talking to, which means he's getting you less work. Which right? I mean, I have a good relationship with my rep. I have nothing bad to say about him good. at all. Um, I'm very grateful for the for the relationship that we have. I I think you know work was slow for those guys in 2023 too. So there was just less coming to the table um, from that end. But you know, it's just a each of these things are little pieces of a bigger pie. You know, the rep is a little piece of the pie. Advertising on uh, workbook and found artist is a, a little piece of the pie. Um, doing portfolio reviews is a piece of the pie. Word of mouth is a piece of the pie. Sending personal emails out, sending, uh, posting stuff on social media. These are just, you know, the 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 100% of the marketing is not one thing is a hundred percent. Every thing gets its little percentage. Um, and sometimes, you know, they fluctuate and, and how much percentage, you know, so maybe the rep is bringing in 10% of the work, um, one year or one month, maybe they're bringing in 90% of the work. Um, maybe you're getting, you know, more out of the portfolio reviews, or I always find the personal emails work the best, you know, like if I send, a newsletter through MailChimp, uh, I get a pretty decent open rate. I don't, I, I would love a much bigger click rate. Um, but I get like 50% on the open rate, 45, 50% on the open rate, which I, which I think is great, but I don't get a lot of like responses from that. Do you do like a follow-up on, Hey, you know, want to follow up with some more work. Didn't know if, uh, this was something that interests you until it's like, it's either, Hey, yeah, we're going to put you on our on our list or please stop emailing me. You know, like. <laughs> I mean, I, that's one way to do it. I guess there's lots of ways to do it. I feel I'll, like that's a pretty aggressive way to do it. But. I'm not that aggressive. I, I do a monthly newsletter. Um, if I see that you clicked onto my website, I'll move you over to a different list. So I have several lists. 
Um, and if you clicked uh, my website and you went through it, you're definitely going on a higher priority list. But that's not an aggressive list. I'm not going to email you every week and ask you, you know, hey, yeah. did you enjoy it? You know, I would never like. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we working on? What are we working on? <laughs> I'm not uh, publicly creeping on anyone in that way whatsoever. I do the, the quarterly emails, I think, are great. You know, those are personal emails. Um, so the, the, the newsletter, like a MailChimp sort of blast, that kind of goes to everyone I've ever worked with or spoken to about photography. That list is a little sloppier, I guess, as opposed to the personal emails where I sit down and literally like write you an email and attach maybe a, a little PDF promo or whatever. Those are much more personal Um and the list is smaller, um, but those go out quarterly and I get a much better response to those. Um, and, you know, then I was doing the annual printed promo as well, but I don't feel like I can do that right now. That That's on pause for the time being, just because, like I said earlier, I just don't know if they're going to end up in people's laps or whatnot. And I don't want to waste, I don't want to waste the money. I could push the time and energy into something something different um until until we're sure we can get we can get back on that i don't know if we'll ever get back to a point where you know i mean i think remote work and especially like art producers and stuff there do there are a lot of freelance art producers at this point now and i don't know if we'll ever find those um those chairs again you know where those asses are actually sitting to send them printed stuff but if you have a client um that you've worked with and you have a relationship with um that you're not just cold calling it's pretty easy to get those addresses um and so maybe there's a a reason to do printed promos on a smaller run in the future for for those clients follow like a photo editor and look at what rob was doing and then i would reach out to those photographers that did printed promos and i would ask them like hey dude or woman you know, whoever it was, because I've, I've reached out to a lot of people and about half of them would send me their promos. But yeah, man, I'd love to like, I'd love to put it in the mail for you. And I got, I mean, I loved that. I, I mean, there was just something so cool about getting the stack of postcards or even just seeing how, what kind of wild ideas. I got one that was like a poster. It unfolded into a poster. One side was like a full image and the other side was like, six different images kind of curated from the same shoot. And I, I was kind of laughing. I'm like, who, you know, what would I, what am I going to do with this huge piece of paper? But yeah, I folded it back up. It's still in my bookshelf somewhere, you know, and I, I loved, loved looking at those. And I even loved, this is probably weird, but I loved the, like when they kind of got beat up from the mail and some of the image was kind of like distorted or not, you know what I mean? Just like scuffed and stuff. And I'm like, God, it just felt so, uh, I was like, damn, this feels raw. You know, I like this a lot. This is a cool, cool piece that they mailed out. It's um, nice. It's nice to hold something for sure. I mean, I don't, I don't mind scrolling uh, through websites to look at images. I, I think there's a, you know, there's something to be said for seeing images that way that uh, I enjoy. But, but when you're holding something in your hand, that's tangible, um, I don't know. I mean, I came from a newspaper background and I shot magazines after that. Like, I just like the feeling. I like books. You know, my wife reads a lot and uh, I collect photo books and I just like the idea of holding something and flipping the pages. Um, and, you know, you're right. You can get uh, you can get as crazy as you as you want with with those printed promos. Mine tend to just be little just little zines. Uh, they're mostly just image forward. Um but I've seen some really, you know, cool ones with 
Legos or puzzles or, you know, some that come with stickers and food and coffee or whatnot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. I was talking to Angelo. He used to print. I don't know if he still does, but he would print uh, his images on matchbooks. And he would send out matchbooks or give people matchbooks on set. And I was like, that's a pretty good idea. He's like, everybody needs matches. And I'm like, <laughs> but he would play music, you know, in, in, uh, you know, in the bar scene, everybody had matches, you know, there's matches everywhere. So it's probably an easy way to just leave them on a, you know, you never know who's going to pick it up. Who's going to use your, uh, who's going to use your stuff or keep it or just, hell, I've seen people that just collect matchbooks is in a big jar. So, you know, being in there would be kind of cool too, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I just want, you know, at the end of the day, uh, when someone has a photo need, uh, I want to be thought of. So it's like, what what can I do to be in your mind? What can I do to stay relevant uh, and stay the top of mind if you need photography that you know remotely matches the style of work that I'm creating? Absolutely. With some of your promos, did you ever did did you typically use what was in these projects? Because I'm looking on your website right now. Um, the third coast one is probably, uh, I, I love the third coast. That's the Gulf, you know, and, uh, we used to, I grew up in Texas, so we'd always go like, you know, we're the third coast, but I, I really like this. Uh, I like this gallery. Is that something you would send out or would you typically send out? I guess it would depend on the, right on the, I mean, the third coast is personal work. I mean, it's personal work, but it's not personal work that's made uh to fill holes in the portfolio it's personal work for 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 just me uh it's not i mean i did make a zine i, I printed a 50 copy like a 50 uh edition of how do you say it an edition of 50 of that zine um and i sent it to like a couple of clients that i have that i know you know, enjoy the deep South in that way, who are either from Mississippi or Louisiana or, you know, who, who enjoy going there. But that, that work, that is not the type of printed promo that I would send out to um, like advertising clients. Um, That type of work, that third coast work, um, it's not really marketable in the sense of advertising. I don't think it, it, it feels a little more fine art to me. Um, and I, I mean, I guess, you know, this is part of the reason I don't get, I don't know about you, man, but I don't get bored uh, with photography. I, I mean, there's all the commercial work and editorial work. There's, all of just the walking around and family stuff that I shoot. And then there's, you know, these projects like third, like third coast, which are, they're all very different. Um, Some of them are for money and some of them are not for money. And uh, it's just, I can switch those gears whenever I get a little bored in one way. So if I've been shooting commercial work, pretty heavily for the month i can get burnt out on that you know and one of the ways to get that energy back is to shoot differently um and maybe that's just like you know walking in the neighborhood with my son and taking pictures while we walk or maybe it's you know traveling to the gulf coast and shooting those pictures and then you know uh 
for example, this summer, I was very bored. We have established that at the top of this um, <laughs> podcast. So when the fall came around and I started getting busy, you know, like I was, I was into it. I really wanted to shoot that commercial work. I wasn't really shooting a lot of my family or personal work. Um, so, yeah, I think because it, you know, it can shift like that and I enjoy taking pictures, um, you know, across the board, not just for money, not just for work. Um, I never get bored with it. Um, so the third coast work is, you know, was born out of, out of that kind of stuff. Um, out of, I've heard some stories that people will, you know, let's say, uh, a dude I, I look up to a lot, Hollis Bennett. I don't know if you know him, but, um, he would, it seems like every time he goes out, let's say he's, he lives in Nashville. So if he goes to California or like, let's say goes to Canada, just for instance, let's say he goes to Canada and he's on site, you know, he's, he's shooting something for a client uh, and he's already in Canada, you know, he'll try to line something else up and shoot like a personal project while he's there, you know, whether it be uh, for the forestry service, just something that he like, it's like, man, I've seen this image. It's kind of stuck in my head. It's very Canadian. I want to shoot something like this. And he'll, he'll like make that part of the the journey. And I, dude, I think that's really so important to the commercial world is like having that. So having that personal work that kind of propels you forward, right. Through the commercial work, because that's why you got hired initially, right. Is because you have the ability to make good images and you learned how to make good images because of your personal work, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know really <laughs> where. I mean, um, it's just a. I think over the journey, shooting commercial work and editorial work and personal work all together, like hopefully it's getting better every year. Um, I don't know how to not shoot those ways, you know. Like it's, uh, it's just a part of. It's just a. It's just a part of my life at this point you know like i just take i just shoot i shoot i shoot <laughs> i shoot personal images i shoot work images uh yeah. do you uh do you know do you have like a defining moment when you realize that like this is what you were gonna do like i'm gonna be i want to do i want to do commercial photography or or some story of you being on set that's just like man kind of made it all feel like home well yeah i mean sort of i mean you know, like I said, I, I sort of fell in love with the darkroom first. So that was kind of like my introduction into photography. I really wanted to spend more time in the darkroom than I did actually taking pictures. I, I took pictures because I needed negatives to spend more time in the darkroom. Uh, I didn't know that you could make money uh, taking pictures. I was waiting tables and taking pictures just uh, because I liked photography. And this was before, you know, digital came out. And I guess through that, you know, you start getting a little job here or a little job there. And it was kind of a slow burn for me. I didn't just come out of the gate. Like, uh, I certainly did. I mean, I went to school. Uh, my degree is in graphic design. Like I said, there, you know, there was a dark room. You could take some photo classes or whatnot, but there wasn't like a photography degree or what. Um, and so, yeah, I just had no, I had no idea you could make 
money in this uh, field. Um, and also, I think I was really confused um, when I was younger. Like, I liked newspaper photography. I liked fine art photography. I really wasn't sure. It, I was hungry for all of it at that point. So picking a, you know, like a, a lane to stay in when it, I think developing a style in photography for me at least came so much later. Like I really envy those guys who, who have that sort of understood early on in their career. I just kind of liked shooting everything um, for so long that I, 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 w I wasn't really even sure what I was doing, you know, I, I think now the work, you know, it could be sort of lifestyle -y, it could be portrait, it could be travel. It has a similar style and feel to it. It's taken a long time to sort of, you know, get to that point. Um, but yeah, I think a defining moment of like, when I knew what I was going to do, um, or, you know, what type of photography I wanted to do, Gee, it was such a, it was just such a slow burn, man. It just took, yeah. uh, it took a really long time to figure out. What about like a cool story from being on set or something that you're just like, you're like, dude, I'll never forget that. There's been a bunch of, there's a bunch of cool stories. There's a bunch of terrible stories. There's a bunch of good stories. Um, it's so hard, uh, to pick them, uh, like, uh, shooting portraits with lights, um, Zion Williamson is from Spartanburg. He went to the Spartanburg Day School, which is right down the street from where we are. And um, I got to photograph him right before he went to Duke. You know, he went to Duke and then he went to, I told you earlier, I have like zero interest in sports. Um, but this kid was like 17 years old and had like, you know, I don't know, 2 million followers on Instagram. Everybody was talking about him. Uh, and he just happened to be from like my hometown. And so it was very cool to photograph him. Uh, his mom was with him and they kind of bantered back and forth while we were taking pictures. Um, and, you know, now he now he's he's playing pro ball. He's got a Jordan sneaker. Um, that was kind of cool, I think. And then the other stuff is like, you know, I mean it's always fun to be able to jump on a plane and go somewhere, you know? So like I shot in Croatia last year and, um, Scotland this year. And that, those wow. kind of, those kind of things are fun. Um, I, I, I like just taking a, a camera and just going uh, out, uh, and shooting and, and getting paid for it. Um, oh, yeah. you know, those stories are great. Yeah, I think that it's it, it is so cool too to say like, all right, you know, I have this like checklist of things that I want to see and do, and then, uh, because I got this call to go to Alaska to shoot this cabin one time, and and I was like, I've been dying to go to Alaska. You know, my dad has been talking about it since I was a little kid. I I just never right. It was like one of those things that just felt a little bit too far out to grab, you know. And somebody called me and was like, Hey, I want you to shoot this uh, this cabin. It's been on the travel channel or something. And I'm like, Oh God, you know, I'm my interior photography skills are probably not up to like par with uh, the travel channel. But I just said, yes, I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll do it. You know? Um, and it ended up being one of the dopest experiences I've had. It's something that I, I talk about. I tell my daughter all the time, like, this is what we got to do. We got to go to Alaska. This is the part of Alaska I want to go to yada, yada, yada. So, um, 
I hope that, you know, I'm inspiring that same thing in her, but it is super cool to get to check a box and be like, yo, and I went there for work and I got to do some cool stuff I wanted to do. Uh, at the same time, you know, I, I remember wanting to go to Los Angeles cause I grew up skateboarding and, and, uh, Southern California is the Mecca of skateboarding, uh, going there and driving in downtown LA and seeing all these famous spots, um, that I'd been watching in skate videos for years, you know, uh, and then I was there for work and I was like, man, you know, I don't know. I, I get like this little rock star mentality where I'm like, oh, this is so, you know, look at my life. It's just so cool. You get a little giddy about it, you know, that's oh, great. Yeah. Like I want, I, that's what we want. I want to stay giddy. I like the warm fuzzies, you know, I mean, if that, oh, for sure. if that's the kind of stuff that we, you know, we, we hope for all the time. When I, when I worked for the newspaper, um, back in oh five and oh six, I think it was. They paid me to go to Bonnaroo, which at the time, you know, like I was pretty green at the time. I was young and, you know, it was one one of my first uh, jobs as a photographer. And I just remember like being at Bonnaroo and having a press pass, you know, to be there. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. it was like I got, you know, I got paid to go there and um, I didn't, you know, I didn't have to pay to be at Bonnaroo. I was getting paid to be at Bonnaroo. And I'm shooting these have a good lineup too. I'm shooting these great acts, you know, and I'm getting access to like the front of the stage or whatever. I mean, to me at the time, especially, it did not get any better than that. I was like, <laughs> I cannot believe that this is happening to me right now. This is so amazing. You know, I just felt like I was on top of the world. Um, I feel like, you know, photography does that for us. It opens these doors that otherwise wouldn't be opened, you know, and like, I, you know, it's, it's not, I don't get starstruck really. Uh, I wouldn't have had that opportunity to, you know, to meet that guy if I wasn't a photographer. And, you know, most of the traveling that I do is for work. Like I probably wouldn't have an opportunity to go to some of these places if, uh, if I didn't make a, a living by, you know, looking through a camera and pushing the button. Um, uh, it's, I mean, not everything that I photograph is great. You know, not every shoot that I do is uh, worthy of a story um, or images that are going to go in my portfolio. Um, but for the most part, you know, like it's kind of great to, to have a, you know, to make a living with a camera. It just, it really puts me in places that I think I otherwise would have never been in, you know, like Bonnaroo or, you know, or the traveling that I do or some of the people that I meet. I photographed in Birmingham, uh, Alabama once, uh, a woman named Sarah Parkick. She's she's referred to as like the female Indiana Jones. She's an archaeologist, just a super super smart woman um and i really enjoyed chatting with her for a few hours and and making images and you and you know and we and i still uh talk to her from time to time but i would have never met her or known her if it wasn't if it wasn't for photography so you know there's a bunch of little stories like that i think of course man it's the coolest job i think i've ever had so um really trying to just like keep, keep the little fire going. Like, come on, don't make me get another job. You know, I don't, I don't know how to do anything else, please.
I know, right? The, the alternative is like stocking groceries or making Dude, coffee. Oh or like, I don't. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm going to have to do some overnight job somewhere because I'm, you know, I don't know, man. My skill set is. I don't, I don't know what I would do. I think about it all the time. Yeah. Especially like when we were talking about summer of 23, you know, I'm like, I am very much, I have very much built myself to do this one thing that I really like to do. So, uh, I really don't want to do anything else. So I'm going to figure out how to scrape through and like, keep it going. And it's so funny to be at those, like, you know, these peak experiences of life where I'm in Alaska and you're photographing, um, you know, this archaeologist or you're in Scotland, you know, and then you go to like these, you know, this valley where you're like, damn, it's somebody just call me. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'm, I'm looking for that, you know, whatever gig. So. I mean, it gets scary when the phone's not ringing, but then the email comes in and it's like, Hey, we put a bid together for this. And then all of the energy yep. comes back, you know, Absolutely. and all of the excitement comes back and, you know, and then you might lose that one, but you might not, yeah, you man. know, and that's just the way, it, that's just the way it works. Well, Ian, if you, only had a thousand dollars for marketing what would you use it for uh a thousand dollars is not that much um and there's so much marketing you can do that doesn't cost any money at all so um and in your thought experiment i will assume that i just have to spend this thousand dollars on some type of marketing uh well i mean you know if you have a bunch of free marketing and obviously any free marketing like let's say hey i'm gonna put together like an instagram campaign i mean you can always throw money at it to make it better. I mean, you can throw money at it. Does that mean it's going to make it better? I don't know. That's, uh, I think that's debatable. I, I think if I had a thousand dollars, uh, sitting on my desk and it had to be used to, to market, um, I, I would probably use it for some sort of self project, some personal project. Uh, I just think you, there's so much you could get. So you get, the more you shoot and the more you show, um, that's how you're going to get work, I think. And yeah. so you can show that work in Instagram. You can show it in printed portfolios. You can show it in personal emails. You can show it on your website. But um, I think, you know, at the core of marketing, we need to be showing images um, and staying in people's minds um and having new images uh to 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 push around to pedal out in the world um is probably the best way to do that so yeah i mean i don't know if i would travel somewhere or if i would you know hire uh people to help me i don't i don't know exactly and you know it would take i would have to think about that oh, and brainstorm and put some stuff down on paper but for sure if i was gonna spend a thousand bucks in marketing and that's all I had. It would be making new images in some way to push around. Very cool. You, and, and just show them to some, in some way, either digitally or in print or some way, right? All the ways, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to show them, gonna show them <laughs> in, in, all, in all the ways on all the, on all the uh, outlets that I can possibly get that, you know, if it's good. I mean, sometimes I've went out and made personal work and it sucks. I don't want to show it to anybody, you know, like, <laughs> oh, yes. so it has to, it has to be good. Yeah. It has to be good to show it like that. That's another thing that took too long to learn. I think. Man. I mean, I was so, I was so proud of some really bad work in the early days. Well, and I used to think too, like, I used to, because I, I always hated the idea of Instagram just being like the highlights of your life. You know what I mean? It's just like, 
it seemed like everybody only posted like the good stuff they made. And I kind of had this idea when I first started, I was like, cause that project 365 was really big when Instagram first came out. Remember? And it was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to take a picture every day. And if it's crappy, I'm still going to put it out because I still want to be able to look back at how much I've grown. And hopefully that will be some milestone of like, why did I ever think, you know what I mean? Cause I can't, how many times do you take photos that you're just like, what was I thinking? What was I thinking to go, oh, that might be kind of cool. And you're like, oh God, please bury that somewhere. You know, I don't want to see it, but that's, I, I, I don't know. That, that was kind of my idea. It's like, I was, I would have put everything out there. And then like you, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't, maybe the people that are looking to hire me don't want this, uh, this like dice roll of whether or not it's going to be good work or not. You know, it's like, uh, it's true. And I have to just remind, I mean, at this point in the game too, I think if I, you know, whatever shoot that I do, uh, it doesn't always work this way. Um, but the goal is always, you know, can I just get one portfolio worthy image yep. out of whatever this shoot is, whether it's personal, whether it's for work, whether it's traveling, you know, it's just like, can I just, I'm very, pleased with myself if i walk away with one uh image that's really worth showing the world at, at this point but i think early on you know i might i might have <laughs> might have thought all well, of exactly that's the opposite right you're like you're like well i'm gonna show somebody this work and now you're like i'm gonna sh oh, i'm like god i hope i get one thing out of this shoot that i can <laughs> show somebody because you know I don't know, man. I think that's kind of the beauty of what we do is right. Like the, they kind of give you the parts, right? They're like, here's, here's what you're doing. You're, you're doing this and you're going to have to make it look good. And you're like, wow. Okay. Uh, and sometimes it's a breeze, you know, it's like, Hey, can you, uh, can you sell this product that everybody wants to buy with this beautiful person in this wonderful scene? And you're like, yeah, I'm sure we could figure something out. And you know, it's already there. You know, you just have to press the button. Other times you're like, man, all right. All right. We're selling this thing that, you know, for blue collar guys. And I got this kind of prissy dude that I got to try to use. It's going to be tough. You know, all right, let's figure this out. Um, let's work through this problem. Sometimes the photo gods are shining on you. Right. And sometimes they are, I, you know, when I worked in, in the editorial world, like working for the publishing company that made the relocation magazines, uh, you often had to, you know, make gold out of shit. Yeah. And you walk into uh <laughs> an office, you know, that's you know, maybe six foot by six foot with a desk in it and fluorescent light and no window. And you're like trying to make a beautiful portrait and you really only have like 45 minutes or an hour to do that. Uh, sometimes less. Um, the photo gods are not shining on you, uh, but it's kind of our responsibility at that, you know, at this level in the game anyway, to, to be able to, to be able to make something out oh, of that. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Well, Ian, man, we're getting to the end of our discussion. I want to know if you could let people know um, if they can reach out to you, where they can do that, and where they can look at your work. Uh, yeah, I mean, the best way to to find all that information is just go to my website, which is um, iancursio.com. Uh, and then, you know, I guess Instagram is at iancursio. LinkedIn, same thing. Uh, so those would be. Very cool. Those would be the best ways. Uh, and yeah, anyone can reach out at any time. Uh, I love talking shop and um, asking 
questions uh, and answering questions. So that's always fun. Anyone, anytime. Awesome. Ian, man, I appreciate you. You've, uh, you've definitely bridged uh, some relationships that have made other good episodes and stuff. And, uh, and I appreciate talking to you. It's, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to many more discussions and um, I thank you again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course.